0: are listening to The Travel Brigade, your destination location, with your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin.
1: Bonjour. We're here in Quebec City.
2: Bonjour indeed. This is, we're still just barely in North America. Yes. And the the reason I say that is because this is about the most European city you can get without going across the Atlantic. It's wonderful. In fact, if you had drugged me or knocked me out... (laughs) And taken me here. In fact, put that on our to-do list for future shows. You knock me out or drug me and take me somewhere and ask me to figure out where where
1: I am. That will be the new, yes.
2: No, if you had done that and I had woken up the next morning and you had said, we're in France, I would have believed you. Everybody's speaking French. There are these shops and streets, cobblestone streets that are hundreds of years old. You would have had me going for quite a while. The only thing that would have given it away would have been when I see a Ford F-150 or a Dodge Ram truck driving by. Even then, it's still a little jarring when a guy steps out (laughs) wearing (laughs) work boots and a T-shirt and says, Bonjour!
1: You look up and see that Chateau Frontenac, and it's so picturesque. For those of you who haven't ever seen it, please look up the Fairmont Chateau Frontenac, and you'll recognize any picture that you see here in the Quebec City area is that picture of that beautiful chateau up on the hill.
2: Those of you who haven't been here before, yeah, there's kind of a an old section of the city that's up on a cliff, and then there's also several other fun neighborhoods surrounding it that we'll be talking about. For those of you who have been to Monaco or to Edinburgh, I'd compare the landscape to those two where you've got something that's kind of the centerpiece up on a cliff above the water, and then it's just a terrific place.
1: We've been having such a great time. There's great restaurants. We're in a great little neighborhood. There's lots of fun neighborhoods to explore. We've been able to do some really incredible and fun things, which we'll be talking about all throughout the show.
2: Yeah, coming up throughout the show, we've got a couple of local experts we've got an expert on the quebec region
1: we also are going to be talking about whale watching which is actually a surprise to me but there's some really incredible whale watching up in the north part of quebec
2: we're also going to be talking to someone from grosse Isle. when i'm sure i just butchered that but <laughs> it's sort of canada's version of ellis island and it's a really fascinating place
1: We also have a Quebec City native that's going to be here talking about all the great little spots here in Quebec City to visit, as well as all the wonderful festivals and things to keep you busy all summer long.
2: But we can't get to any of that until we do Hot Topics and Travel, or as it's becoming yet again this week, something Jeff found on the Internet that will outrage Kathleen.
0: Yes, very good.
2: Coming up next, Hot Topics and Travel.
0: Next up, Hot Topics and Travel. Questions or comments from the Travel Brigade? Hashtag Travel Brigade Or visit TravelBrigade.com Again, bonjour
1: and Welcome back to Travel Brigade Our Sunday morning travel show Here live from Quebec City
2: And what a beautiful city it is But before we tell you more About Quebec, we're going to do Hot topics in travel the bad news is airline fees They're starting to charge now For people to sit on Window seats or aisle seats. Are you kidding me? Extra, and we recently went to book a flight and asked for some uh, bulkhead seats.
1: Yes, I knew about the bulkheads.
2: Because I am a rather tall gentleman.
3: Very tall. (laughs) Can't miss him.
2: And they were wanting to charge an extra fee for that. Well, they're starting to charge these extra fees for if you want to sit on the aisle, if you want to sit by a window, you don't want to sit in the middle seat.
1: Who wants to sit in a middle seat? Let's just be honest.
2: Well, and, and on the one hand, you think about it, well, if if people really want to sit there and they're willing to pay more for it, maybe that's a solution. Here's the problem. It's not
1: a solution.
2: Here's the problem. They're not guaranteeing that families can sit all together anymore without paying these extra oh, fees. Oh, that's
1: ridiculous.
2: I look at this as as a parent and as a non-parent. Okay, as a parent, when we travel <laughs> as parents, you don't want your kids sitting somewhere else on the plane. Well, you...
1: actually, think about that.
2: Well, okay, and here's my traveling as a non-parent. <laughs> I don't want see to sit,
1: later. Bye bye.
2: I don't want to sit next to kids who don't have their parents right Supervision. there. Supervision. Okay. Hey, good point. Guess who becomes the parent? So I, I just see this as a lose lose. Whether you're, a tr- you know, this is a my A parent thing. or a non-parent. Bottom it's a line.
1: Just tell us how much you're going to charge for the seats. That's all. Tell me how much it's going to cost.
2: Well, they're calling this unbundling.
1: Unbundling.
2: Which means that they sort of say, "Well, okay, here's here's your bait, Kind of like when you go to buy a car. Okay, here's your basic thing. Now, if you want to upgrade to this, you can charge this. If you want to upgrade for for this. $5 for peanuts, yeah,
1: et cetera, et cetera.
2: So it's one more fee. I I, I still think they should guarantee families sit together, and I would say that even more as a non-parent traveling (laughs) than as a parent.
1: Because the truth of the matter is when we travel without the little ones,
2: the last thing you want to do is have a kid sitting. Yeah,
1: next we want to pretend like we don't have little ones, so right. it's kind of <laughs> just for a short moment of time. Okay,
2: and then there's always the airline baggage fees, which are a pain. But my good news is,
1: join join the frequent flyer programs, and you get your baggage for free.
2: Yes, or another way is just don't take any bags because you're going on a nacation.
1: Nacation?
2: Yes, there's been a couple of articles I've noticed a sort of a spate of articles recently about nacations where you go to clothing-optional resorts.
1: You know, I, I'm i sure people have this fantasy of what that's like, but I have been around some beaches, and let me just tell you, they're just normal people. Yeah. They're normal people with normal bodies.
2: And we've been to some, you know, like spas and things in Europe and beaches where, you know, pretty much It's no big deal, people. A, yeah. I think in Although America. Although I
1: don't think I'll be booking any vacations soon.
2: Oh really? Well then, um, during our next break, I might need to go. Uh, what change some, your Cancel some reservations on the internet. <laughs> but I don't want to miss this next segment because coming up we have Micheline Lachance. She's with Tourism Quebec. Got a lot of great ideas for what to do when you come up to this whole Quebec region.
1: Amazing. This is Travel Brigade. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Again, follow us on Twitter, Facebook us, or check out our website at TravelBrigade.com. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel destination show with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We're here in the Quebec region, just north of the States, and we have Micheline Lachance on the phone, and I'm sure I pronounced that incorrectly. No, you actually did pretty well. <laughs> and
4: actually
1: I can say well. I can say Micheline, bonjour. See, that was pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first time here.
5: Tell us tell us a little bit about the province. Okay, well, welcome to Quebec. Thank you. We're the right north of the states of Vermont. We have borders with Vermont, New York, and Maine, actually. So we cover that entire area. So anybody coming up in these directions will be heading one of the different areas of the province. Quebec province is uh, three times the size of France. Oh, wow. In, in size. So... In tourism terms, what we've done is that since we're covering such a large territory, what we've done is divided the province into 20 20 or so tourism regions. Oh, wow. Each each have their own name, each have their own activities, particular color and interest spots. So basically, if you travel, the major urban centers in the province, of course, are Montreal and Quebec City. Uh Uh-huh. Montreal being the closest to the U.S. border with Vermont and New York. Lacolle being on our side, Champlain being on the other. Quebec City is the capital city, so where the uh, seat of parliament is located. Uh, Quebec City also is a more European, older styled old city, has one of the oldest walled sections in North America.
1: That's one of the reasons that we are so excited, because, you know, everyone's telling us that, you know, Here we are here having
5: this European experience that's not in Europe. Mm -hmm. And it's the next best thing without having to fly. Right, right.
2: (laughs) There's just a ton of things to do here in Quebec, particularly during the summer. Tell us about some things that... that, Well, uh, if you're looking
5: for more of an outdoorsy type experience, Quebec has been... uh, Cycling has been very popular in Quebec, so we've added... A new series of bike paths and bike roads that actually, if you have uh, good stamina, you could actually almost cover the entire province by bike, from town to town and from region to region. It was well, watching there in Quebec, which didn't I really surprised me. Well, knowing the size of the province and where we're located, so if you get a good overview. Some regions of the province are on the St. Lawrence River section uh, close to where it almost becomes the sea. Uh So at that point, you can see whales in pretty much two or three areas. But like, for example, you can see whales on the north shore of the St. Lawrence River. You can take a cruise from Tadoussac. Tadoussac is an Indian name of a town that is located an hour and a half due northeast of Quebec City. You have whale watching cruises there that go from the little dinghy or the large cruise ship, so you can choose the type of uh, boat you want to use. You usually have the blue and beluga whales, so you can see them either on the north shore, as I mentioned, or on the south shore because they are they tend to stay more on the south shore. On uh, the the name of the town on the right, say, on the other side is Rivière du Loup. Wolf River on the other side. So that would be pretty interesting. You didn't well. want us to try and pronounce that again, did you? <laughs> that might be a quiz at
1: the end, actually. I'll quiz you on your French at the end if you want. We're, we're a little nervous about the communication aspect.
5: <laughs> oh, that won't be a problem. If you're worried about road signs, they're all pictograms, therefore they're little drawings, so that's not a problem. Oh, that's Everybody good. in the tourist industry is either fully bilingual or can get by in English. For menus, if you don't want to accidentally order squid, uh everything has a short English translation underneath. So oh that's great, that's nice reasonable. to know. <laughs> um
2: you mentioned that uh the province is divided into 20 different areas for in terms of tourism. Mm-hmm. I'm curious some of the northernmost areas of of Quebec province which you know are very like, far north. For example, north. James
5: Bay area, Nunavik. Yeah, yeah, what
2: what are some of the highlights up there?
5: Most likely, the 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 reason for driving all the way up there, because they are accessible by road to some extent, um, is, of course, the scenery, which is very out of the ordinary. We're not looking at a borealis forest-type area. You're looking mostly at tundra, very short vegetation. Uh, of course, longer days during some periods of the year, very shorter days, longer winters. Uh, most of the people who live in that area are natives, so they don't have the same way of life. Time goes by a little slower up there. Uh good fishing, good hunting, good trails. So it's uh, it's an interesting area but it's it's very nature <laughs> if the word So great a great outdoor great destination. outdoor destination area, okay. yes.
1: Knowing a little bit about Quebec, why don't you tell us your top maybe top top three things to do while you're in Quebec region? Oh, that's a mean thing to ask
4: for. <laughs> Let's see.
5: If you're in the province, and if you're in, if you're a foodie, and if you're into wines or ciders, yes uh, there are yes. two, two. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody isn't. But basically, if you're more into that, the uh, region that I mentioned at the beginning, which is at the border with uh, Vermont state, is called Eastern Townships, and it's an area that has a large winery section, and you can actually, if you want meddle your way through the different wineries. So you can combine two activities, bike paths and picnics and wineries. So that's one interesting thing.
2: That sounds great.
5: That's pretty cool. So we've done the whale watching, which is usually a second favorite. Um, Urban visits, of course. One thing you might want to do, which is out of the ordinary, if you've been to the greater Quebec City area, there's a hotel that looks like a castle. It's called Chateau Frontenac. Is Uh, that how you say that? (laughs)
2: We, we just call it the Fairmont. Yeah. Just...
5: Oh yeah, or yeah, whichever comes first. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but Fairmont is a chain, and that's the specific one in Quebec City. And what they do, they've started doing that when they turned a hundred a couple of years ago. They do guided tours of the place, so you can oh, wow. actually get to visit areas of the Chateau that are not that usually accessible to the public.
3: So wow. that's pretty
5: interesting. So that's not, that That might be another thing. But let's say for a first time traveler to Quebec Province a visit to the old city either old city in montreal or old city in quebec city is usually pretty interesting and something you might like to do are the ghost tours
4: oh really Oh. that's
5: something that's popping up pretty much everywhere they're of course done at night ghosts don't right. come out <laughs> so if you it's want to do that then. that's an interesting that's an interesting tour to do so that might be my third one
1: micheline if you if people have questions about the region where can people get information who can they contact where can they go
5: for information, hotel reservations, if you want to receive booklets by mail, we do that as well. We can be reached seven days a week at 1-877-BONJOUR. There Bonjour. Comes your French. But for people who don't want to look for the numbers on their dial, it's 1-877-266-5687.
1: Great, Micheline, thank you so much for joining us. As you can see, the Quebec region had so many different possibilities that are there that people can enjoy. If you have any information, you want information, contact those numbers on the website that Micheline just gave us. Again, this is Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can contact us on Twitter at Travel Brigade or on Facebook, Travel Brigade.
5: You're listening to the Travel Brigade, and now Family travel.
1: Again, bonjour, and welcome back to Travel Brigade here in Quebec.
2: Speaking of bonjour, if you want to read more about some of the things Micheline was telling us about in the Quebec region, you can check out the website for Tourism Quebec, which is bonjourquebec.com. Bonjour. Now, Micheline brought up a lot of really cool things to do do around the Quebec region, but we found here in Quebec City it's a really good place to do family things.
1: Yeah, we brought our mini-me's with us. Or at least one of our many
0: me's.
2: One of the many, but we'll talk about that another <laughs> time. Yeah, there's a lot of good things to do here if you're traveling with kids. I found a couple of really good ones that I really enjoyed. One is the Citadel, which is the original fort up on top of the – up by the old city –
1: And some of you might recognize that if you've ever seen pictures of the area, it looks kind of like a little star that comes out from the the cliff area.
2: And they have a museum tour that kids hear museum tour and their eyes glaze over. This has guns, cannons, soldier stuff. Kids will love it.
1: Bang, bang.
2: And it's a really great way to learn the history of Quebec City.
1: And it also connects there right on the Plains of Abraham, which is what they call... Quebec City's Central Park, for right. Those of you would consider Right, and it was that. a
2: place where the one of the most central battles uh, took place in 1759, but yet now it's become this large park, and kids will also enjoy going around there. Another thing we did was we went on a bike tour.
1: That's right, you and Minnie me went on a bike tour.
2: And that was in the lower section. We didn't have to ride uphill to the <laughs> upper section. It's in the lower section. We went with Cyclo Services and our guide, Guy, Did a great job of telling us the history of Quebec. You learn about where the water line once was. Just a lot of different things that you normally wouldn't pick up.
1: Was there a test after?
2: No, but uh, (laughs) things stuck with me.
1: Very good. Well, you know, one of the things, too, one of our mini-me's loves animals. Kept coming all these really great experiences that were just really really fun. We went to the Chateau Frontenac and they have a um, dog there. And a couple of the Fairmonts have uh, dogs there.
2: Canine Ambassadors.
1: Correct. Canine Ambassadors. And this one's Santo. And he's so cute. He's a he's a Bernese mix. And our little mini-me just like immediately went straight towards him and started playing with him and started petting him. And I thought that was so cute. Um, just that, you know, if you're staying there, you can have this Dog that you can come if you miss your dog, you can come and play with him or pet him or do whatever.
2: I think you can even take him for a walk.
1: Yes, you can. You I know you can. In actually, I know you can in in Boston at the Copley because they told us that. But I didn't specifically ask that here. But the ambassadors, yes, they do their job to make everyone feel. Wonderful. One of the other things that we did is we went to the aquarium, which was really fun, but one of the funnest things that was there was they have this program called the Animal Keeper for the Day, which is this amazing behind-the-scenes program where you actually get to do everything that the keepers get
2: to do. And even doing, like, they show you how to have the animals do tricks, Yes. The, the various hand commands and the animals follow those and do the tricks that they would normally do in a show
1: yeah so they got to train the animals they get to help clean feed all the things they get to do and that's at the aquarium du quebec as they say here speaking of sea life we took everybody's suggestion and went up to tout and went whale watching and what an amazing experience and mini me got to actually watch a whale breach out of the water it was pretty cool
2: it was really neat experience i could sit here and tell you about it for minutes or we could get an expert on the phone and (laughs) talk to them i think that might be a better idea
1: very good idea we actually have katie the page from aml cruises which is who took us up on that cruise who is the sort of uh expert in the whole area for for whale watching and cruising up in that area so we're going to have her on the phone up next
0: Stay tuned, you're listening to Travel Brigade. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Welcome back, you're listening to Travel Brigade. You can follow us on TravelBrigade.com, like us on Facebook, or Twitter us at Travel Brigade. Today, we have uh, Katie LePage from AML Cruises here to talk with us.
2: Welcome to the show, Katie.
1: Hey, thank you so much.
2: Tell us about um, what are some of the most popular whale watching tours that, that you offer during the summer.
4: Well, we do have a few different types of excursions. First of all, the most popular would be the zodiac excursion. We have a 2 hours and 3 hours. Then for those who prefer being on a bigger boat, we have a big boat leaving from Tadoussac and Bay Saint Catherine, which has more like the more than 300 people on board and you do have uh restrooms and a little um bistro. And this goes to the whales and also goes up a little bit in the Saguenay fjord. So these are the most uh, popular excursions we have in the east.
2: And the the Zodiacs, those are the small boats that you're you're right down on the water, is that correct?
4: Correct. And And you can go up to about 100 meters from the whales. And uh, the Zodiacs, we have 24 passengers and 12 passengers.
1: What kind of whales are in that area? I mean, what makes it unique, the Quebec
5: region, for whale
1: watching?
4: Okay, we do have quite a bit of whales. We have the blue whale, the fin whale, finback whale, minky uh-huh. whale. We also have the beluga, the humpback whale, and gray seals. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we have many. Of course, in May, you don't see as many. And the further you go in the season, then you see a lot of whales. And then what's very nice in September, end of September, is when you see the whales and the fall foliage as well.
2: And you mentioned the beluga whales; those are quite rare, from what I understand. We've seen one before at a uh, at an aquarium, aquarium <laughs> but not-
4: well, what's very interesting about the beluga, um for us, they are permanent residents of the St. Lawrence River, and also they weigh 1. Point, uh 1.5 tons. When they um when they are born, they are brown and then they become kind of bluish and gray, and then they become white. So when they are white, it means they are adult beluga.
2: I had no oh, idea. I had no
4: idea. It yeah, worked. and they can be from three to four point five meters, so that's quite large.
2: Yes. How is it that uh, there there are so many whales in this area? Is it the uh The different types of water running together is it the temperatures what what is it that uh...
4: well you're very close to reality (laughs) you're Uh pretty good well actually it's like a Uh pantry the fact is that the temperature of the water of course uh the, the water is quite cold so even in the in the summer even though it's warm outside uh, the water is cold, and the air is quite cold, so there's more oxygen in the water. Also, it's very productive with fish, plankton, and shellfish, or The Also, um, the waters are shallow, and so you have the encounter of the St. Lawrence River and the Saguenay Fjord, and it, it creates like a dead end, and at that place you have the currents coming from the atlantic and also north of labrador and it brings high tides so this it fills up with fishes and then the that's where the whales go to eat and they also make reserves for the winter
2: that's amazing now we noticed that uh, aml cruises is celebrating its 40th anniversary this summer any special yes. any special plans or anything or just a big party
4: <laughs> so we have lots of things going on because we uh, maybe you don't know that but we have 18 boats we have cruises leaving from Montreal Quebec City Basin Catherine Tadoussac, and also Riviere du Loup. and we're very very strong on ecological uh, low-emission engines so uh, wastewater treatment we're a very uh, well-known company, like you said, 40 years old. And, of course, uh, we're one of the biggest cruise excursion companies in Canada.
1: So, Katie, if people want to take a cruise or, or go whale watching, what's the best place for them to reach you at AML Cruises?
4: Okay, if they want to book with us, they only go to www.croisieriml.com. I'm going to spell that. So it's okay. as in Sam. I-E-R-E-S-A-M-L dot com. And croisière means cruises in French.
1: Ah, we're learning lots of new French words being
4: here <laughs> And if, if people want to know more about Wales, there's a very, very nice website as well. It's www.whalesonline.net. N-E-T.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. And if you're anywhere in the Quebec region, uh, make sure that you go well watching and you can contact AML Cruises at the information Katie just gave us. And you're listening to Travel Brigade, and we'll be right back. Bonjour, welcome back. This is Travel Brigade live here from Quebec City, enjoying every moment of being here in this beautiful city.
2: We just told you about a boat trip we took going whale watching, but it wasn't the only boat trip we took while we were up here.
1: That's true. We drove out of town and went to Seal, which I'm sure I'm saying that. I have to apologize every time I say something because right. <laughs> I feel like I, it's so beautiful when everyone says it, Grosil. Is that better?
2: We. Oui. We we Grosil is sort of Canada's version of Ellis Island. Now that the comparison isn't exact. It was a place where there was a lot of immigration during the nineteenth and early twentieth century. People would stop there and if they were sick they would be quarantined there before they came on into the country of Canada.
1: One of the reasons that we found out about Seal is because we were doing a little Irish genealogy. We've done some pieces on Irish genealogy before, and there's a huge uh, Irish uh, immigration that happened here. And actually, we have so much information on that, we'll be doing some articles and possibly even a show uh, based on that, so we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. But it was such an interesting um, experience to go over there to learn about the history, to learn about the immigration.
2: And all the people who came through there at, and how things were different at different points in the 19th century, early 20th century. And it's, it's a beautiful place and a place where you can learn about a lot of history.
1: And we kept a teenager occupied, engaged, and busy.
2: Yes. So coming <laughs> up, we've got Philippe Gautier who is with Parks Canada, and he'll be telling us more about Grosseau.
1: You're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. You can connect with us on our Facebook, Twitter, or check out our website at TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back.
0: Have any travel questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109.
1: Welcome back. This is your Sunday morning travel show, Travel Brigade, with your hosts Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We will be today talking about Gros Eel Island and Canada Parks. We have Philip Gauthier from Parks Canada here on the phone with us today.
2: Thanks for joining us. Oh, nice to be there. One thing I thought that really described Gros Eel well is on your website, it says natural wonders and cultural treasures. And it's kind of a place where you can learn about the history of Canada, but also enjoy some of the amazing natural beauty up there as well.
3: Yeah, actually, uh is, uh, how can I say that, a special place to go, because first of all, you have all the history surrounding uh, the quarantine station, but as well, you have the magnificent forest in the middle of the St. Lawrence River, where you have uh, all kind of plants and birds. So, uh, it's, yeah, I think it's a great mix between uh, culture and nature
2: and in terms of the let's focus on the culture part for a minute what's i noticed there are a lot of sort of uh, historical buildings and uh things of that nature on the grounds and that that there are many tours available to learn about those if you could maybe talk about those for a little bit
3: Grosselle is the uh used to be a quarantine station and uh, what we when we invite people coming to go uh it's to visit some of the buildings are still standing on the island so we have many buildings uh, first, we can visit the disinfection building, that's where the immigrants used to pass to um, disinfect themselves and their luggage, so this is uh, one of the important part of the the visit on Grosil. So, Philippe, As well,
1: Philippe on, yep. on the way in the ships, the immigration ships that would come in, it, was it required for them to stop there at Grosil on their way into immigration?
3: Yeah, uh, the quarantine station was uh, opened in 1832 and at that date uh, the immigrants were obligated to be inspected and stay at Grossez. So starting in 1832 until 1937 immigrants had to be inspected and most of them had to stay on the island for a quarantine uh, time.
1: And how long would passengers stay on the island?
3: Uh, That would depend on the period of uh, quarantine. Uh, At the beginning uh, the doctors didn't have quite a clue of how treating sickness, because they they were practicing a medicine that we can call uh, dogmatic, so they were mostly based on God's uh, beliefs. Right. But further on, when they'll make some discovery, uh, the people will stay on down uh, for the duration of the symptoms that should appear, depending on the sickness that they thought that people would have.
2: And so, and these were mostly Irish immigrants?
3: Uh, until uh, yeah, until 1867, so until the Canadian Confederation, or we could say the uh, uh, when Canada became a country, most of the immigrants were coming from the British islands. Of course, Canada was a British colony, so most of, well, mo- not most, all of the immigrants were coming from uh, Ireland, Scotland, or uh, England, but uh, for the first part, it was mostly from Ireland.
2: There are tours available to, to learn more about? all of this history?
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh the people when they visit Golda, it's separated in uh three uh three, uh, three parts we can say. Uh desinfection building as I was saying uh, before. Also you have the Western Sector Tour where you're uh, you're visiting uh the site metal guide and it uh you go visiting uh the Celtic Cross and also uh the uh, Irish Memorial and also the what we call the Irish cemetery. So that's uh we of uh, visiting the island, and also we have a trolley on the island that, uh, well, you can visit uh, the central sector and the eastern sector when you take uh, that little train, and uh, you can visit two chapels, and uh, so yeah, there are many things to see uh, during a visit on the whole city.
2: And in terms of uh, the the nature part of, of the island, any anything you'd recommend? I noticed there's a couple of hikes, and...
3: Yeah, we opened a few years uh, ago a trail called the Mirador Trail. Uh, the reason why we call it Mirador is that uh, the army during Second World War stationed here to do some research. So uh, the forest that is mostly, uh, I would say, 4 or of the island, uh, you have a trail of 2.5 kilometers, and then uh, you can um, stroll around it, and uh, you have many points of view on the island, but also on the St. Lawrence uh, River and the, on the archipelago where a uh, is uh, situated
1: can you tell us about the number of Irish immigrants in the area, or the number of Irish immigrants that went through, you know, immigration there in that particular area?
3: We know both that we had the uh, hundreds of thousands that passed by the island. That's for sure. Uh, Canada became a country that decided to recruit their immigrants uh, no longer only in the British Islands, but also they would uh, go in uh, Eastern Europe or uh, Central Europe to find new immigrants to uh, to populate uh, Western Canada.
2: One of the areas we focus on in our travel writing and broadcasting is people who are g- traveling to d- sort of trace their roots, do their genealogy, and what uh, resources are available there on Groille if if uh, someone does have you know Irish ancestors that they think might have come through there what what would be some things they should take a look at when they're there
3: uh well first of all you uh, in the Irish uh, cemetery or the Western cemetery, you have a memorial with the name of every uh single immigrant that were buried on the island so that can be uh quite interesting for people coming to the coast to for uh uh for those reasons also on our uh website we have a link that uh, helps you finding uh sources and uh, uh literature about the many uh thousand immigrants that passed by the coast there. so that's some of our uh, some of the uh, Help you can have while coming to the
2: The comparison we've heard is that Grosil is to Canada as uh, Ellis Island is to America. Is that is that an apt comparison?
3: Uh, yes, it can be because uh, both are the most important quarantine station for uh, both of the country. So that yeah, that that can explain the comparison. The major, the major difference between the two is that Grocer was only a quarantine station and uh, Ellis Island was a quarantine station, but also an uh, immigration center. So that's where they would decide if immigrants were rejected or accepted in the country. So that's the main difference between the two islands. But besides that, yeah, it's pretty same.
2: There are smaller boats that uh, run out between Quebec and, and Grocery, Grosil- and uh, is that pretty much how most of your visitors get there, is through these uh, cruise lines?
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's two main points of departure to come to Grosin. Uh There's one situated in Quebec City, and the other one is in uh, a small place called Berthier-sur-Mer. So uh, those are the two main places to uh, take a ferry and then come to Grosin. Uh The cruise from Quebec take mostly 90 minutes, and the uh, one from Bertie mer takes more or less 40
2: minutes. Nature, history, everything there, a lot to choose from. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Again, you're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning show. You can follow us on our website at TravelBrigade.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at Travel Brigade. We'll be back right after this.
0: Have any travel questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109.
1: Bonjour, we are back here in Quebec City. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Again, you can find us at our website, travelbrigade.com. You can follow us on Twitter or you can like us on Facebook. We are here at the Hotel Royal William that is just right on the edge of this cute little new revitalized area called the St. Rock
2: District. I don't know if you know this about the St. Rock District, but there's more rock. Less talk, <laughs> but no, it's it's a great There's little part food. of town, and and one of the things that's fun about here is y- every day we've been here, I've just gone walking around. It's a great city for walking, and found a, a new little neighborhood, a new little street uh that that's charming and and unique in its own way.
1: Yes, we ate our way through each one of the streets, actually.
2: Yes, and the first night we were staying here. We kind of just went down a street behind our hotel through the St. Rock District and found a a fun little place called Las Bosas, a great place to go if you want to try a lot of different cuisine from this area.
1: Yeah, we had some great pesto pasta and some really great, great, great food. It's so hard not to eat everything. I mean, the patisserie is wonderful, lot.
2: I've discovered that pretty much anything with maple on it, I will eat.
1: Oh, yeah. We had these incredible little maple. Um, little, they're like a little cone, mm-hmm. and you eat the maple, and there's maple butter inside those.
2: And those were at the farmer's market. Yes, Great delicious. Place Another place we put maple on stuff was the, <laughs> we had these things called beaver tails.
1: Beaver tails, yes. You can put, they're kind of like a long Fried beignet, bread. yeah, kind of like a beignet, and they and you can put Nutella on them, maple on them, maple butter on them, delicious, or they have the little balls, too, that you can put ice cream on. Really good.
2: Those are known as beaver bites.
1: Beaver bites. Then we ran into this great little place just down the street from our hotel called Mia Pasta Bar, which is kind of just a make-your-own uh, pasta, and you can pick the sauce and the pasta and everything, and that was really great. And then we had an amazing. As a matter of fact, I think Jeff asked the waiter if we could bring home the sauce by the gallon.
2: Yes, we had. We ate at Le Entrecot Saint John in the old city,
1: and they're really well known for their steak and pomfret, And they serve them with this amazing mustardy, curry, buttery sauce, kind of drenched over the fries. And the steak.
2: I'll never love that way again. <laughs> no, it, you're sitting there eating it and you're thinking, okay, what are the ways I can incorporate this into my life on a more consistent basis? Could this be used on cereal? Could this be used? <laughs> and yes, I did, I did inquire about it. But you cheated. About,
1: what happened yeah. was we saw this, this gentleman next to us order an extra little carafe of the sauce. And so we went along with, you know, when in Rome, right? Right. Got an extra craft and poured over all of his fries and everything. And so Jeff did the same. And it was pretty delicious.
2: Yeah, and they claim to be the only place that serves it in North America. So my 1,257th uh, way to get rich quick is to open a <laughs> a importing business that imports this sauce. By, you bottle it and import it down to the state. And we
1: asked what was in it, and they said it's a secret. Yeah. It's a secret, which fries brings us to... Poutine.
2: Yes, we tried poutine up here. Delicious. It's great stuff.
1: We tried it, should we say, we tried it in another area way, way west.
2: Which is a great place to get Chinese food but not to get poutine. (laughs) Dim sum, yes. yes. Poutine, no. Just like you don't really look for Mexican food on the east coast in the states, you kind of need to stick to Quebec for the poutine.
1: And it's amazing. I I was a little leery because I had had a you know, an okay experience, but I hadn't had the poutine people talk about when they talk about Quebec, and and it it really is really quite delicious. I can't explain it. It's just well, it's,
2: good, deliciousness. It's cheese fries with gravy, kind and, of, But and, yeah. and that that's probably oversimplifying it. But it's it's great when you're here. You've got to try. It. It's one of those things you've got to try when you're here.
1: And speaking of things you have to try, we have our Quebec City native that's coming up next.
2: Her name is Paul Bergeron. She's with Quebec City Tourism. She knows everything to do when you're here in Quebec. Yep. We'll hear from her coming up. You're listening to Travel Brigade on Sunday morning.
1: Make sure you follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. Back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning radio program. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin here in the beautiful Quebec City. It is so beautiful here. It's
2: great. It's summertime. You feel like you're almost in Europe here, with the beautiful all the people speaking French and the old buildings.
1: The cobblestone it's streets. It's yes. so beautiful here. We've had such an amazing time here. We have Paul Bergeron here from Quebec City. Did I say that correctly?
3: Yeah, sounds good. Yay.
1: Good morning.
4: (laughs) Good morning. Our French has
2: improved in just a few
4: days. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the reasons to visit Quebec City is to brush up on your French. Mm -hmm. I know
1: it's been, we're so sad to be leaving soon, but it's just such an amazing place that we've had so much fun and it's so incredibly beautiful. We wanted to talk to you a little bit about just, you know, the popular attractions here, uh, in the city, particularly in the old town area, can you tell us, you know, why people come here to to visit Quebec City?
4: Well, I guess, you know, like yourselves, most most visitors who come to Quebec City, they really fall under the spell of the beauty of the city to start with. So, it is beautiful, uh, yes. It is definitely uh architecturally wise uh this is a beautiful city with uh um uh, uh old historic building from as early as the eighteenth century and the evolution all through the years. so you have the uh site of Place Royale where actually Quebec City was founded. And you have the original homes that were built by the merchants who established there around the square, so that's really pretty and then you have the rest of old quebec which which is very charming and you have uh houses from as early as the uh new france area era and after that uh when the British settled in the uh architecture evolved and it's and up to modern buildings from nowadays. And it's so beautiful. And every
1: time we turned around, there was just another different view that was beautiful and amazing. And the the streets and, um, you know, when you're in the upper town, and then we took the funicular, of course, the beautiful Chateau Frontenac, I'm saying Mm -hmm. that a little better every time I think I say it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the Chateau Frontenac is really an icon to Quebec City. It is to Quebec City like what the Eiffel Tower is to Paris. Right. And it seems that everywhere you look around, you see its green copper roof. Standing out there, so uh it's very present, and it's also a point to rally on when you're visiting the city. say okay, well, now I'm down at the bottom of the chateau or I'm up on top just besides it, so it's always a point of reference in the city.
2: One thing I really enjoyed learning about was the history of this uh place It's an amazing history. Two of the best places to do that were touring the citadel or Uh, We did a bike tour with a guide, and it was really fascinating to find out the different stages of the city, the French stage, the British stage, the Canadian stage, uh, and then seeing the Plains of Abraham. Any other ideas for how to learn about the, the history
4: of this place while you're here? Yeah, well, it's that's true that Quebec City is truly in some kind of an open-air museum altogether. So just walking the streets of old Quebec, you do discover the evolution and the history of Quebec, uh, be it by visiting, like you said, the Citadel or going through the Plains of Abraham. So that all puts into um, kind of action, if I may say so. All the, it, this history that you know, uh, the city has uh, gone through and its evolution. And one way to see how Quebec City has evolved over its 400 years is by watching a multimedia show that uh, we have during the summertime. It's called The Image Mill. Oh, so-
1: yeah, we saw those big silos downtown that were lit up at night, and it looks like it's amazing. It's so much bigger than I had expected it to be. It is uh it is
4: the largest natural screen in the world, so the grain silos are uh, very fantastic and truly it's in the port area and when you just look at them it's nothing really pretty, but uh it's just one way to make them prettier and enjoyable to um to use them as a screen to display the history of Quebec. It's really fantastic. And as it's uh, just images flowing with a uh, soundtrack, then it speaks to any language. So uh, any visitor can marvel, watching it, and understand what Quebec City has been going through over 400 years.
1: And I noticed we were down at that uh, farmer's market right there where you can see them really clearly during the day. And by the way, the farmer's market is just a fun, really great place with lots of local flavors, and we went eating our way through the farmer's market. That was wonderful. (laughs) But I mean, I noticed when we went back in the same area in the evening, they do have those silos already lit up, so you can sort of get a feel of what, you know, what to expect when you're going to be doing the big, you know, image meal, uh festival that you'll be having come up.
2: One thing that I've really found interesting is, you know, the first couple of days we were here, we were just, you know, enchanted by the, the old town, and there's a million things to see and do there, but one thing that's been interesting in the last couple of days is we've gotten out into some of the other areas, and... Uh, there's, if, when you walk down the, and I know I'm going to butcher this name, the Rue St. John
3: <laughs> Street
2: mm-hmm. past Old Town, um, when you go down to the lower Old Town, when you come over to the St. Ro- Rock area where we've been staying, there's, there's a lot, beyond Old Town, there's a lot of just charming little neighborhoods with fun things to see and do and restaurants all around the town.
4: Yeah, definitely. Primarily, of course, when we think about Quebec City, we think about the area that is uh, old Quebec. So this is all the part that is within the fortification wall that circles the old city. But beyond that, there are some very interesting neighborhoods to discover. The one in the area of the port and the farmer's market is one, and that's in the lower town. And, uh, and there's a beautiful can train can... station right there. Uh just oh, yeah. g- g-
1: gorgeous! When we walked in there, just right in
4: the same area. Exactly, and it's the same architecture as the Chateau Fontenac, and it's really beautiful. And I don't know if you had the chance to go inside, but there's a very nice restaurant. Actually, there are two very nice restaurants. Yeah, we in did there. go
1: inside. It's beautiful. And uh,
4: that, yeah, and that's a place where. Uh, people from Quebec City go a lot. So if you continue uh, a bit westward from um, from the old port sector and the farmer's market and the uh, the train station, then you get into the Saint-Roch district. I would say the Saint-Roch district is the, the, the new and still uprising uh, district of Quebec City that people are more and more discovering, and for the good reason, because uh, this was all refurbished, let's say, in the last... Um, 10, 15 years, and, uh, this make way, this made way for, uh, nice, uh, hotels, restaurants, boutiques, and it's, um, it's a a district where a lot of uh, companies in the multimedia and communications uh have established their headquarters so it's kind of the revitalization it really reminds me we used to live in
1: new york and just all those revitalized areas and we're here staying at the the royal william and just walking right behind the hotel there's just a beautiful row of like you said boutiques restaurants and shops and it's just very busy Um, all evening, all day, and so it's just a fun little area to, to stay in. One of the things we are sad about is we're getting ready to leave and we know that you're just beginning to start your amazing summer season. Tell us about all the amazing festivals that are coming up. The I know we talked slightly about the Image Mill that's coming. We know that there's a, they're just building the set for the Cirque du Soleil show that will be here this summer. Tell us a little bit about all those activities that people might want to come and see.
4: Yeah, we do have many festivals going on through the summertime. Uh, actually, the people of Quebec City really are festival and event goers, so it seems that there's one festival after the other. Um <laughs> The main one that we have in the summertime is called the Summer Festival. Now that is a music festival and this year it's going to be um uh, running from July 5th to the 15th for 11 days. You have uh, about 30 shows that, uh, and more than that. Oh wow. That will be f- yeah, featured and the main stage is on the Plains of Abraham now again oh, the wow. Plains of Abraham if we uh refer it to other maybe better-known cities. The Plains of Abraham would be to Quebec City, what Central Park is to New York, for instance. Very large green landscapes where they put out a show, and those are outdoor concerts. Another festival that we have in early August, to be more precise this year, it's August 1st to the 5th, is called the New France Festival. So this is truly a celebration of our origins. You know, uh, we are French descendants here uh, in Quebec City, so that's why we still speak French. So people dress up in period costumes uh, from the 1800s, 1700s uh, more likely. And um, the whole area where Quebec City was founded, this neighborhood, is transformed into an Big open air market, um, and uh, you have uh, theatrical presentations, uh, many shows. There is a parade in the streets of Quebec, so it's really, really festive. Then again, it's a great occasion to understand and really live our history. And this year, and this year only, because this only happens every four years, we have a very special event. It's a sailboat race between Quebec City and Saint-Malo in France.
1: Oh, I've been to Saint-Malo in France.
4: This is really, really something that's interesting because uh, those we're talking about the Formula One of sailing boats. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, catamarans and uh, uh, other uh, type of uh, sailing boats. And the uh, departure is uh, in Quebec City on July 22nd. So for a full week before the departure, the boats will be anchored in the old port. And so you'll be able to see them very closely. And uh, the skippers all and their crew are all in town. So it's going to be very festive and very, very interesting.
2: We've been um, noticing this uh, Cirque du Soleil stage going up near us.
4: Uh, This year will be the fourth presentation of uh, the title of the show is called Les Chemins Invisibles. And uh, this year will be the fourth edition. Now, this is a real presentation from Cirque du Soleil. It's a show that was put together by, by Cirque du Soleil but this is a show that is only presented in Quebec City. This show was created upon request from the city of Quebec to uh make some live entertainment and mainly uh, the good thing about it is that it's free. Yeah, we now- noticed it's an a whole outdoor
1: uh right under the viaduct areas and it's amazing to the staging that they're putting on
4: right now even to prepare yeah this is a very top quality show and it's very different than what we're used to like permanent shows that they have in vegas so this is something that's really different because it is unique to quebec city it is not a traveling show and it's only presented in quebec city and for free and when will the image mill be uh, starting uh, it starts with our uh, Quebec National Day, which is on uh, June 24th, but there, there is going to be a couple of presentations prior to that. So mainly it's, it runs between the Saint-Jean-Baptiste uh, and uh, also uh, all the way up to Labor Day in September. Perfect. Thank you so
1: much for spending time with us and sharing this beautiful, beautiful city with us while we're here. We appreciate your time so much. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning show. Please make sure that you check us out on our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Bonjour for one of our last times here in Quebec City.
2: Unfortunately, we have to go. But before we do, as always, it's time for He said, Said, She Said. We each pick our own favorite three things from a particular destination. As always, I'll let you go first. It's ladies first.
1: As if you have a choice. True. This is the way it goes. Number three on my list. Seal. That was great. And not just being at Seal, taking the ferry to Seal, learning about Seal, but the whole experience we got to drive a little bit out of the town, out of the area of the city, ate dinner in a small town out there. And it was just a really fun, really fun day we had out there.
2: True, true. Mine is sort of has a, my number three sort of has a historical aspect as well. It's touring the citadel Mm. and that was really fascinating this area has a fascinating history and a great way to find out about it is to tour the citadel so i would really recommend that
1: number two on my list the view of the chateau frontenac from the lower city i think what it is it's one of those picturesque visions that you see i've seen a million times in postcards and on calendars And I got to see it for real, so it was really exciting.
2: Well, there are a lot of things that you do see on postcards, but then when you see them for real, and they're even better than they were on the postcard. That's true. That's what that's what that is. Very much. Mine is the just all the what a walkable city this is. And then kind of tying in with that, all the different neighborhoods and streets here. It seemed like every day we found a new little place that we liked.
1: Yeah, right. Like walking to the train station, like we said, and to the farmer's market. All the little, just right. little niches, you know, little nooks around the city.
2: It's a great place to just walk around.
1: It's true. It's really fun. So this is my first, and you're going to laugh. But I actually got to practice in French hair, and I didn't have people, like they were so sweet and encouraging about my un peu parler vous français. They were, like, helping me through it. It was really great that I got to have that experience in a very supportive way, really nice, friendly people all the time, everywhere we went.
2: And mine is kind of on the same lines. I didn't have any French to practice since I don't know <laughs> any. And so my number one...
1: No habla français.
2: Something like that. Yeah,
1: something like that. And, you
2: no, know, people were so nice about the minute they'd hear you start speaking in English... They'd switch over into English, not make you feel bad about it or anything. I would say, you know, 95% of the time, their English was amazingly great.
1: I did try and teach him it, a scovu company anglais.
2: Yes, <laughs> and and there were a couple of times where people didn't really speak English, but they were still very polite and helpful and trying their best, and we made it work.
1: So, yes, such nice people. I think that just kind of stems for both of those experiences. Such, again, a beautiful city. They've got an action-packed summer Full of events, activities, festivals, put it on your list of places to go, get up here. Great place.
2: Definitely. Coming up, we're going to close out the show and let you know about where we're going to be coming from next week. This is Travel Brigade. We'll be right back.
0: Have any travel questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109.
1: It's almost time to say au revoir.
2: Unfortunately, we do have to go, but I did come up with an idea. What is that? Let's hop in our rental car.
1: Yes. Or should I say, (laughs) we
2: And drive. Let's just start heading south on the St. Lawrence River. Okay. And let's stop at the first major international city that we come to.
1: Do you mean Montreal?
2: I mean the home of the greatest hockey franchise of all time, and getting to eat underground.
1: So excited we get to stay here in Canada and do another show.
2: I know. It's going to be really great. Please join us next week. And until then, there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. We hope whichever one you're doing, you'll join us next week.
1: And also everything on today's show is going to be on our hot sheet that will be posted on our website at TravelBrigade.com. So... Au revoir for now. We'll see you in Montreal next week. This is Travel Brigade.
0: Goodbye. You've been listening to the Travel Brigade on Blog Talk Radio. Listen live every Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Contact us on Twitter, Facebook, and at TravelBrigade.com.